Hello, Olin Tianji. This is Krista Davis, Olin Tianji's Chief Communications Officer, and I'm very excited to share the second episode of our district podcast, Hello, Olin Tianji, with you. Today, we have the opportunity to hear from Olin Tianji's Director of Curriculum, Peggy McMurray, before she leaves us for the next chapter in her life, retirement. Mrs. McMurray came to Olin Tianji in 2000 after teaching third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade in California and Atlanta, Georgia. She helped open Oak Creek Elementary as the assistant principal and was principal at Scioto Ridge Elementary School when it became a blue ribbon school. Mrs. McMurray then stepped into the director of curriculum role and has served all of our Olentangy students across the district for the past seven years. So welcome, Mrs. McMurray. We are so excited to talk to you. Hello, Mrs. Davis, and hello, Olentangy. As the director of curriculum, can you describe for everyone exactly what your position entails and some highlights or favorite parts of your role? Absolutely. In the curriculum department, we focus on the Olentangy foundations, which are curriculum, instruction, assessment, and context. We provide resources, deliver new instructional practices and strategies to provide meaningful learning, and we assist with assessment development, respond to the data assessments provide, and assist with creating environments where learning can happen. Some of the ways that our team supports our teachers are through the blueprints. We look at the educational standards that are set out by ODE. We create professional development. We visit buildings um, and deliver PD for teachers. We have and support PD days for our teachers throughout the years, and we work with teachers to create curriculum that meet the standards. Some of the ways that we support students um, we have our portrait of a learner that we designed a few years ago, and I think I'll be talking about that more a little bit later. And we have expanded um, programs that we offer students, such as our C, our Summer Enrichment Experience, and the College Credit Plus. So we try to provide as many different programs for our students to succeed and maximize their, their learning as we can. That is fantastic. With your experience um, in all of the roles you've held, whether it's in the classroom or in your current role, what in your opinion is, at, is the heart of an outstanding academic experience? For me, that's an easy answer because it really is threefold. It's the teachers who are forming relationships with kids. That is so important. Teachers must have a strong relationship with kids because once they have a relationship with their kids, they know their kids and they can design learning that meets each child's needs. It's just so, it's just one of the most important ways. And then it's also the students. They are also at the heart of an outstanding academic experience. Students who come to school excited and curious and ready to learn. And lastly, it's the parents in the community who provide just the right amount of support and independence for their learners. You know, as a parent, it's tricky. You want to really support them and come and help and assist them as much as you can. But also as parents, it's our job to help our students become independent, not only as an independent learner, but then independent in life as they, you know, continue through their career and into adulthood. I love that answer. As a former fourth grade teacher, kindergarten teacher, and parent of two Olentangy lifers, I completely agree with that. Um, that sets everybody up for success, um, not only here in our schools, um, but then as they move on in whatever path that they choose um, post-graduation. So shifting gears a little bit, the past year and a half have obviously brought 
a new set of challenges for teaching students virtually in a hybrid model and also back in the classroom. Can you share some of the things that the curriculum team has done to support our teachers, students, and parents trying to facilitate learning at home? And that time was so unique and challenging and interesting and everybody learned so much. It was, uh, it was a time that none of us could have imagined because Mrs. Davis, when you and I were in school, we did not go to school and how to teach in a pandemic. And so it was one of those things that all of us were able to create that and really look at what we have and what systems and structures we have in place and capitalize on that to make it you know, as successful as we could for our teachers. So in the summer of 2020, um, we worked with teachers. We had a committee of teachers that worked um, alongside district leadership. And we um, determined how we would deliver instruction when we returned to school. And so, you know, following the shutdown, we were fortunate to have some systems in place already. We had Schoology in place that our teachers had used over the years, and we provided some additional assistance for teachers. What does it look like to have a really great Schoology page and deliver some instruction? And we also had Teams in place, Microsoft Teams. And so our teachers used the Microsoft Teams to deliver instruction either in the building uh, with parents and then also in our committed distance learning. And that's another thing that I worked on. I worked, we worked in hand in hand and in tandem with our instructional technology. We designed webinars for teachers um, on creating effective Schoology courses and successful use of apps like Flipgrid, Pear Deck, other types of apps that we use or teachers use. And so delivering also instruction in a virtual format because it's much different delivering it either on a, um, a podcast or not necessarily a podcast, but a video cast, as opposed to standing in front of students um, delivering that instruction. And so I also worked, or the, our team also worked with the instructional tech uh, folks and Ms. Fury as she uh, led the Committed Distance Learning Program. I really appreciate what you said, Mrs. McMurray, about the technology and the things that we, that you implemented through um, the, the pandemic as a curriculum team. Uh, in our last episode, Mr. Rafe talked about the um, use of technology in the classroom as something that was a silver lining of the pandemic and a positive outcome, things that we are now able to do that will work well even when we're not in this situation. Uh, so I think that's fantastic. So looking ahead, um, I know we have a lot of listeners out there um, that are parents and guardians of our, of our wonderful students. Uh, what is your advice for how parents or guardians can best support teachers and educating students now that they're back in school full time? You know, we have fantastic teachers and I attribute our fantastic teachers to the success of our district. They know the kids. They they do everything they can to maximize student learning. And so teachers will teach the academic content and you know, by looking at the Ohio learning standards and designing lessons that are meaningful and engaging for the students. Parents can focus on supporting teachers and ensuring that their children are ready to learn no matter what age they are, you know, and making sure that, that they you know, get to school on time. And they can also focus on the portrait of a learner dispositions, purposeful, resilient, curious, and kind, because that takes all of us to be able to do, um, to, to lead the portrait of a learner. And so, you know, when parents have questions about curriculum, make sure you reach out to the teachers because the teachers can help explain 
um, what it is that they're covering and how it ties to the content standards. And also, you know, one of the most important things, and, you know, earlier I shared, you know, helping your child be an independent learner and that independence will carry through adult life is also just continue to be the nurturer and caregiver at home. Um, and, you know, just it, it's all of us in tandem that we can make the best experience for our kids. Absolutely. So you've been in public education your entire career. How have students changed over the years? You know, this is an interesting thought, you know, as I'm nearing the end of my 38 years in education. And truly, students haven't changed. Kids are still kids. They still want to feel like they belong. They still want to be loved by their peers, accepted by their peers, loved by their parents, and noticed by their teachers. And so most students still have a thirst for learning. And it's our job, I believe, as teachers and educators, is to support their learning through engaging, challenging, meaningful um, lesson design. We just have to meet them where they are. Um, and they will take it from there and they'll, they'll guide us how they feel they are going to learn best. I love that. So as a follow-up, can you share some trends you've seen in education over the years and how learning and curriculum has maybe changed in the classroom? You know, earlier we talked about technology, and you are exactly right. Technology has been the biggest change in the, over my years, and it's provided the biggest impact, impact, which has been able to support us through our distance learning, you know, that we experience. One of the things I remember in college learning is whole language mm -hmm. teaching, and you perhaps remember, yes. maybe remember that as well. But now, you know, we've swung back to then somewhat, we do have a balanced approach with our learning how to read. And so it's, there's um, explicit phonics instruction that we do provide, as well as getting a lot of this information that our students need through books. And so it's, it's really balancing our literacy approach. One of the other things as I was thinking about things that have changed is that cooperative learning groups, that was a buzzword back when. Mm -hmm. And so now though, it's really come part of the four C's, which are critical thinking, communication, collaboration, and creativity. You know, we've made a somewhat of a shift in, in the four C's, but cooperative, cooperative learning groups was a big buzzword at that point in time. And then also differentiated learning. You know, we often think that teachers are delivering the message, being the sage on the stage, standing in front of the classroom and delivering instruction. And that some of that still happens and still may need to happen. But moreover, it's more trending towards smaller group lessons where you can really differentiate that learning for each individual student in the classroom. Have there been in your career other world events like this current pandemic that you've experienced that have shaped education and changed how we teach children in and outside of the classroom? So much has changed and so much has happened, you know, throughout these years. Um, you know, I, I go back to thinking and listening about, to, you know, September 11th and that we just honored the 20 year, you know, anniversary of that. And that made a huge impact. I think many of us listening can remember exactly where we were in certain events. And certainly this is one of those events. Um, and then I also think back to Columbine and I think back to Sandy Hook and so much of what happened during those events has led to now some of the other practices that we have in our daily routines and thinking about, you know, being a building principal and for many years and keeping kids truly safe. And, you know, back to when I first started teaching in California, we did earthquake drills. Well, now, you know, 
fast forward all these years, now we are doing safety drills and really trying to just another layer of safety drills, you know, keeping kids safe in the buildings. And so, you know, we have created a focus on student well-being and social emotional learning because that's what our kids need at this point in time. And we're still seeing that coming out of the pandemic or we're not in the endemic stage of this yet and that students are still challenged and struggle, struggling with how do I manage in my emotions when everything around the world has happened to me um, just being in this pandemic. So um, I think that we're on the right track in providing support for our kids. Um, as much as we can with social emotional learning. Absolutely. And again, Mr. Rafe talked in our in our last podcast about the district strategic priorities surrounding student well-being and um, alleviating those non-academic barriers. And I think some of those world events you addressed um, really hit at some of how our district strategic plan evolved and those non-academic barriers being really important to address came about. So one last question for you, Mrs. McMurray, and it's a good one. In your last few weeks before retirement, have you reflected back on your time in the district and can you share any of your favorite accomplishments or moments? One of the joys of being a building administrator for many years is when you have students come back, former students come back to you and say, oh my gosh, I remember when this happened or I remember and remember this. And just in fact, this morning, I was at one of our schools um, visiting and providing some support for them. And uh, a student came to mind and I knew that he was attending that school. And so I went and I found him in his classroom this morning. And he said, oh my gosh, I remember you. And you know, I don't think my looks have changed much since he was at the, in the elementary school with me, but from elementary to high school, students change, their looks change, their facial structure changes. And so um, to just reconnect you know, face to face with him, um, for those few minutes was really nice. So that's always nice to, to follow up on students and see their accomplishments and, and celebrate them making it to you know, that point in their educational career. Um, you know, one of the other highlights of my career is being a principal of a blue, blue ribbon school. I mean, not many people get to say that. And so that was really a special moment. And then just doing some of our building visits that we are doing where our goal of that is small ideas that yield big results. And so when we we're delivering this and we were doing one yesterday and the teacher said, I love this. I can to I'm totally changing what I'm doing in my class next period. I'm going to use this strategy instead of what I had planned. And so anytime that we can spark some learning with teachers and, you know, helping them see and implement a new strategy and creates excitement for the teachers, certainly. And so we hope that that spills over to students. And then looking at the growth of our um, summer enrichment program and our C um, numbers and the College Credit Plus numbers, when I came into this role a few years ago, we had 99 students in our College Credit Plus program. And at this point, we have um, almost 800 students participating in that. And it's a great opportunity for our students to earn the dual credit, you know, earn their high school credits that they need to graduate as well as um, earning some credits towards college. So it's been interesting and exciting to watch that program grow. It's obvious that you have a passion for learning and for children. I can't thank you enough for your time today, but also for all of your work in your career in serving our Olentangy students. 
Thank you to our listeners for your support of our district. We will be releasing a new Hello Olentangy podcast each month, so watch for the next episode with our Assistant Director of Equity and Inclusion, Michaela Thomas. So until we say hello again, goodbye Olentangy. Goodbye Olentangy. Goodbye Olentangy.